Hello, Bonnet. Hello, Roger. One of you is not my father. <laughs> Horse poops, it just kind of goes, like it's like a, like it's falling. And then when cows do it, it's just like, this podcast is in no way affiliated with the Stars Production or Diana Gabaldon. All views expressed are solely our own. Welcome to the Outlander Podcast, where the men are kilted, the women are winsome, and the whiskey is neat. Welcome to episode 335 of the Outlander Podcast. I'm Ginger. And I'm Summer, and we are in love with all things Outlander. So before we get too far, too deep in the depths of the deepness, uh, do we have someone here with us today? I thought I thought I heard a voice. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a laugh. You guys are silly. You guys She's are such so a nerd. silly. Why don't you just say someone's joining us? Someone is joining us today. Someone, longtime friend, and of course, friend by, friend by the show. Oh, Lord have mercy. Friend of the show. Maybe she's by the show. I don't know if she's by the show. Lene, our resident horse expert, is visiting with us. Lene, hello and welcome. But here's the question. Were you studying up on bison this week? Or buffalo? On bison? Uh, buffalo? No, I didn't. I probably should have, but I didn't. They. I'm I mean, assuming like that they have... Cows, right? Yeah, they are. I, I'm assuming they have four stomachs like cows do. Because most, most cloven-hooved animals have more than one stomach, but deer and goats and stuff only have two. Cows have four. So I'm assuming they're like cattle. That's my assumption. Yeah, but goats have much more efficient stomachs because they can eat anything. Uh, you know, that's actually not true. Goats cannot eat anything. That they will bloat and die if they if they. What can't they? Eat? Um. Well, you know, it's always it's always been um. You know, in all these like children's stories and things that goats will eat shoes and they'll eat tires and they'll eat anything, but it's actually not true. <laughs> what about a tin can? Because they're always showing images of goats eating no, tin cans. No, goats can't. Goats can't eat tin cans. Lene, how are you? I am. Um, I'm hanging in there. Um, it's, it's, it's been a challenge, this whole sheltering in place thing, more of a challenge than I thought. Um, having your, having your kids home 24 seven is, um, is a challenge because mine aren't just little littles. They're, you know, 13 and nine years old. And so they're not used to being stuck home all day. So, um, I mean, we go on a lot of dog walks. They're not cute to hang out with anymore. I, I still love them, but some days I want to just like, shh. It's not about love. I'm just saying they're not, they're not the cute, immobile, like doughy figures that used to just lay there and look cute. Now they like talk back and they have attitude and you just want to punch them. You don't because that's illegal, but you, you know, and I've, I've been, um, you know, I've, since I have my job, you know, pet sitting and dog walking is more flexible. I've been the one that's the stay at home mom and my husband has, you know, he has the full time job. So I've had the lion's share of the child re rearing and housekeeping. And um, it's been interesting this last he's because he finally got, you know, his job finally allowed him this last week or two to work from home. And he's been working from home most days. And I have been working for my barn uh, owner 
for uh, doing some stuff for him because he needed some sheds painted and he wants his round pen painted and I do a really good job of painting. And so he hired me to do that for him because I'm clearly not working right now because no one's going out of town. So no one needs a pet sitter. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that for some extra money. I have very, a lot of experience painting and home improvement stuff. So I've been doing that for him and I'm gone all day on these days that I've gone to do this. And Andy, my husband has been home taking care of said children while he's working from home. And, you know, it's, I'm used to that. You know, I come and go during the day, even with the kids are home during the summer, I go do a job, but then I come in and check in with the kids during the day and make sure they're on top of whatever they need to be doing. And then I go and do another job and then I come back. Well, it's, it's a challenge, I think for him, <laughs> it's been kind of comical. Um, See, this is, this is the thing that nobody really understands is that when you're teleworking, you are still expected to be working. Yes. So while you are home and physically there with the children, it's very difficult to work with children. Yeah. Running around and being children. Yeah. And, you know, and, and my... So kudos to And, Andy. you know, and they have now, they're doing the distance learning. So they have assignments and they're, they're fairly self-sufficient. I mean, they know how to get on the computer and do all their stuff. But... Um, Mimi, my daughter is much more self-sufficient than my son, who's the 13 year old, which you would think it'd be the other way around. But my son, you kind of have to keep tabs on him more um, and stay on top of him more as far as getting stuff done. Um, but today I was like, look, you guys don't have that much stuff. I know you don't have a lot of school work to do today. So I want you to do the bathrooms, get the bathrooms clean today. I want the deep cleaning on your guys' bedrooms and reorganizing. And I wanted my uh, flower beds watered because I need to redo my drip line. So until then, until I have time to do that, I need them watered. So when I called on my way home from the barn, because it takes me like a half hour or more to get home from the barn, I checked in with Andy, like, how did all the jobs go with the kids today and everything? And he was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about that. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I was like, was it that bad? He's like, uh, well, um, Seeing as how it took about 19 goes to like, he had to go and check that how they did the job like 19 times until it was done sufficiently. And I'm like, well, yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> like, that's what having kids is about. You, you have to, I mean, it, it'd be, my life would be a lot easier if I just did all the work myself, to be honest. It, it's a lot easier to just get it done. It's faster to get it done yourself and it gets done better, but it doesn't teach your child anything. You know, if you want your kid to learn how to be a self-sufficient human being, they need responsibilities and they need how to learn to do the work and they need how to learn to do it right. And that takes so much more effort and so much more time. And him learning how to do that has, I think, been a bit eye-opening for him. <laughs> I think a lot of other parents, the parents who like in your situation, the parent who is not home the more the, the more the most or not home, you know, not the one with the because of for whatever reason, not the one with the higher balance or the it's not balance if it's higher balance, the higher bit of child rearing responsibilities because of the way the jobs um or responsibilities are just divided. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people in that situation, I think this is a very, 
interesting time. It's definitely interesting. It's it's, it, it's scary for many, as you said. You know, people are people's jobs are affected. Of course, people's health is affected. Um, it's just it's a lot, and uh, it's a lot to go through uh, at all and at, at any point. But the fact that it, it came on like a like a shabam, like with little to no, I mean, we had warning, <laughs> but. Yeah it affected us as far as being shut down and all of that with little to no warning. Um, yeah. Yeah. So before we get too far gone, I wanted to make sure I thanked this episode's co-producer, Samantha. And what is a co-producer? A co-producer is someone, one of our very special people. They're all special, but one of our extra special heaps of thanks to those who support us on Patreon at the $10 level. You can find out more. We'll share links at the end. Um, but again, thank you so much to co-producer Samantha. Yay, Samantha. Woo-hoo. And now on to our episode discussion. This week we are discussing episode, wait for it, Ginger, 509 <laughs> entitled Monsters and Heroes. Yeah, so... I will say this without spoiling because obviously, and I don't mean spoiling because I'm not getting ahead of myself. I mean legit spoiling. Um, when I first, the first time I watched it and we saw in the little previews, like last previously on, right? They usually show stuff from a previous episode or even previous season that is uh, related in some capacity to what we're about to see or experience. Yes. Reminding the viewer of pertinent information that may be needed for that episode. Yes, and one of the things they showed was the scene with the Browns in that in the surgeon's surgeon's tent, the, the tent surgery of Claire, uh, just just before, after, during the battle of Alamance, um, that her syringe was thrown down and stomped on by by Lionel Brown, I believe, the more unkempt of the two, or the one the unkempt one. Yeah, and I thought when I first saw that, I thought, oh, what? And then I was like, oh, okay, it's just the syringe. I thought it was a little bit early to start telegraphing stuff, which I'm going to stop right now. But anyway, yeah, that's what I meant by no spoilers. Um, yeah, so we were showing that, and it makes sense once you've seen the episode. I have a question, okay, about the syringe versus the book and the show. I don't – I mean, I, I know she brought a syringe with her because, I mean, when Jamie got shot in the leg, she used the syringe and the penicillin on him. But didn't she lose the syringe before that? That was lost in the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It got lost in the shipwreck, man. They never, it never came back. Like they, they didn't have anything when they landed. Yeah. In, yeah. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. North Carolina, Charleston, Georgia, wherever the hell they were. That's what I thought. Cause I was like, I don't recall her having a syringe until literally she needed one for this episode or this, this moment in the book. Now I recalled it in the show. Because they've used it a few times. Yes. And I recalled them breaking it several times because they've shown it as a recap a couple of times. But um, it, that, yeah, no. In the book, they for sure did not survive a shipwreck with that needle. That's what I thought. But that was the thing going into it. When they started showing her having the syringe, I was like, oh, I guess we're not going to have a, a snake needle. Mm, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I thought too. Cool. I guess we don't need it. That's just one thing we don't need. But then I was like, then they had him step on it. And I was like, what a dick. That was a dick move. But at the same time, I'm like, we may get our snake. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, not a nice guy. The title card was a buffalo. 
So as soon as I saw that, first of all, episode one, right? And episode one, as soon as you saw the preview with Buffalo, you knew it was going to be there. I was going to say they do have four stomachs. I Googled while you were talking. Oh, oh. <laughs> so when this whole episode started and they had the Buffalo title card one it was literally the only picture left from the the opening <laughs> sequence that hasn't been featured in an episode okay. yet so i knew i knew we were it was gonna happen at some point but as soon as they showed the buffalo in the title card i was like "Ooh, or please tell me we're gonna get our badass ladies of the ridge scene because Aww. the book those women were bad ass yeah. and they were kind of half-assed they were they, they were maybe they were bad or ass but they were not badass no Claire was, but she shouldn't have been. Not in that way. She's never been that good of a shot. So I thought that was strange. And they made such a big deal of that, showing us that saw like 84 times. I was like, really? <laughs> I know, but but they couldn't have Marsley participate because she was actively having a baby in the woods. That's true. I forgot that part. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so she couldn't help. But in the in the book, she was like running out there and doing stuff. And then Claire came out with a knife and then... Brie had a gun, and I mean, it was just... The, the lake saw. The saw. Okay, yeah. fine. It was a sharp implement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, I, I felt cheated of the badass scene. I th- I enjoyed the scene they gave us, but I didn't enjoy that they had, they, like, they gave Brie up as, like, fodder. Yeah. She was like, they're just going to release her to be, you know, the lamb to the slaughter. We're going to have her pull the buffalo away and then get bucked into the air and she should have been very injured. oh my gosh very okay injured. and i'm sure Lene, you can speak oh, about yeah you can speak about being knocked off of a horse yeah no i can say for sure that getting thrown into the air and hitting the ground like that i mean granted Bree's younger than i am <laughs> by you know quite a few years um but even in my 20s like I can't tell you how many times I've been bucked off and reared off and thrown into a jump and just so many times. I don't even know how many times I've hit the dirt. I mean, I got launched out of the saddle so hard one time that I literally cartwheeled in the air and before I hit the dirt where my trainer was like, for a second there, I thought, oh, she's dead. Like she's dead. Like she's not going to get up. And I got up and I got back on and I rode the finished riding the horse that day. But let me tell you, even though I got back on that day and I finished my ride the next week, I was in a lot of pain because you get, you got that. That's the thing though. You get a lot of adrenaline going through you. So unless you've like gotten a serious knock on the head where you legit go unconscious or you ring your bell really hard where you see stars, which I've had that too, you don't pop back up like that if you've rung your no. bell. If if you haven't been hit in the head and you hit the dirt, I mean she literally got thrown into the air and hit the dirt. You haven't you do have enough adrenaline going in you when you get hurt like that where it, as long as you haven't, you know, torn your ACL, which I've done, or broken a bone, which I've done. Um like unless you've had one of those major injuries, you know, if let you just you you do pop back up and your adrenaline's going and you're like, I got to continue the fight and keep going unless you have a major injury and then you go into shock. So if she just like got thrown into the air and hit the dirt, yeah, she probably popped back up, but she probably felt like she was in a car accident like for a week after. 
You know, it's, it's the day or two after something like that happens where you're like, oh, Jesus, where's the ibuprofen? Give me the ibuprofen as much as I can take. Like, I can't, I, I, I hurt all over. Like, your neck, your back, everything hurts. <laughs> Summer, you want to tell, tell an A what you told me. My neck, my back, my neck, my back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you said it over and over again, Ginger. You repeated it repeatedly. It was she just said it once, but I still heard it in my head. I, that's what I'm saying. You heard it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, Let, so Marsley. So good. Marsley is ready to pop. I mean, pop. She looks so big in that episode that I, know. I I had like phantom pregnancy pain for her because it was she looked so painful. I mean. I I didn't enjoy. I wasn't the, one of those women who really enjoyed being pregnant. I mean, it had its moments like early in the early days, like where you're like, oh, I've got this little cute baby bump. But towards the end, you're like, just get this thing out of me. I just want to get it out of me. I can't stand it anymore. And she looked like, oh, my God, she was like a blister about to pop. <laughs> so my I OK, here's my thing. She and Fergus are prolific. Breeders. Oh my god, yes. Um, but I could not I could not recall the birth order of all of their children and I just had this horrible fear that she was going to cuz when she started going into labor in the woods and had to give birth by her, basically her and Fergus, mm-hmm. right? I had this horrible fear that this was going to be the next baby. <laughs> not Felicity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Felicity. Yeah. Felicity and I was just like, oh, they're going to blame themselves. They're going to blame themselves. If they're off in the woods and something happens and the baby comes out. Baby comes out something. If anything happens with the baby, I, there would be a lot of self guilt. There'd be a lot yeah, of guilt. And I was just like, oh, don't don't put that on top of all of the other things. Oh, yeah. So Summer brought it up. Let me ask you guys. I have it in my notes to ask you later, but let's get it out now. Do you think they'll keep now? And I, I'm going to say it. I'm I'm not going to describe the thing that Summer was alluding to, but without spoiling, so saying the thing, do you think they'll keep the next child the way he is in the book? They have. I to. really, I they really, 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 really hope so. I hope so, but I that oh. they have to. I really hope so. And I'm upset all over again, but they have to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's not go further because I mean, we can't I mean, talk about it. Yeah. Okay. Let's not. Let's not go further. Okay. So Marshley is ready to pop. We get this is in the opening. We get a tons of lo- uh, tons of lows. There you go. Loads of ridge views. So Summer should love this episode. A little clarinet here and there. I did not hear Frank's name. No, but I th- the clarinet freaking just stands out to me because that is the, that is the instrument for for Frank's theme. So whenever I hear it, even applied to a different theme or not a theme at all, uh, I just think, oh, Frank. But he had nothing to do with this, so it must have just been an odd clarinet. Um, there you go. We are on die day, die day. They tell us, or Claire's VO tells us. Now, the first. F- proper scene proper we see is Roger and Brie in the neckies, in the beds. Um, and I noticed, actually I didn't, a friend was talking to me or texting me and she's like, did you notice Roger has no rope scar? Oh, I didn't even notice. I wasn't even looking at his neck because we came so close to seeing his penis that I was very (laughs) So I was like, what, 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 what? Uh, What I wasn't looking for the weenus. 
But because it was a neck, I was at a necky scene in the beds. Mm-hmm. I was not looking at the necks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then and then uh, uh, Ooh. I feel like he's being a little. I feel like he's not being consistent with his voice. No, 100, he's 100%, not. Because, no, he's not. Not at all. Because in this scene, he sounded completely normal. Yes. And then later, he had a weird. It was an affected vocal quality and then uh, now he can't speak. yeah so i don't and i don't i don't know how his i don't know how he was damaged i don't under i don't understand the the physicality of it i don't know if he can in in the series version speak but not scream or not speak loudly or just not sing or i don't know if the amazing davina porter can freaking do all of roger's lines consistently horsey h-o-a-r-s-e S H O A R S Y for like five, six, seven, eight. For that's like it sounds like a dance count. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> for books five through eight or five through seven and a half. I don't know. Seven, eight, half, eight. Who knows? And I just kind of spoilers. Sorry. If an, an audio book narrator can consistently do it and I have to go back to other stuff and keep her shit straight. He's got one job. He has one character. But she's literally, I know. No, he doesn't, though. He does, but he doesn't. Because she is very focused on just the vocal aspect of it. Whereas he has to focus on the vocal aspect, the acting, the physicality, all of the things. So he has a lot more than Davina Porter is having to. Yes, she has more characters. But she's only having to do the one sense. She doesn't have to fulfill the dream for all of the senses. He only has to do one voice. That's all. And I'm not even saying that she has a million and he has one. But he, his physicality of Roger, he's he's been doing that since uh, season two. There's, he's going to continue doing that. Obviously, he's an actor. But yeah, the fact the fact that he did it some of the time means that he can do it all the time. I agree. It was it was inconsistent. Come on, his physicalities have changed specifically and very dramatically over the last two episodes. I didn't say they haven't changed. I said he has embodied Roger. But he's not been this Roger for multiple years. He's been embodying Roger for, I think since 2015, 2016. He's been embodying Roger for years. He's only had a voice change for two episodes. This Roger is more than a voice change. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just sneezed. I'm really sorry. Oh, oh, we got a I, sneeze on. on I'm like, was that a anyway, sneeze? Anyway, we at all cat? agree. No, no, sorry. I don't yell that high. <laughs> we um, all agree that it was that was inconsistent. It, it it was it was very inconsistent. I have to say that I was I personally was. Um, are you still laughing at my sneeze? Yes. Because. <laughs> Okay. I, <laughs> okay, Lene, you may have to leave the sneeze in there now. Okay, well, whatever. I I personally was I was disappointed that he was he was just very inconsistent. And I understand that when he's just regular talking, he could like lessen it because it is really hard to fake a hoarse voice when you're not hoarse. Without hurting yourself, yeah. Yes. You can physically give yourself nodules on your vocal cords doing that too much, right? So I understand taking... And this is three singers. This is three singers as your co-host this week. So we all know about vocal health. Yes. So 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 it's really hard. You don't want to 
hurt yourself, but you could, yeah. you could lessen it by, he could go more breathy. He could have made other choices. I feel like made it more breathy and maybe a little more high pitched, um, and, and made it more like it, let more air go through the vocal cords as he speaks without hurting his vocal cords. You know what I mean? To make it, to give it that breathier, vo like hoarser sound, like he doesn't have the power that he normally would have with his vo vocal cords without, without just like, I mean, there were points where he just sounded normal and I was like, yeah, this is, this is like, and, and then he would put it on in the scene later you know, when he needed it and he had to shout and he couldn't, I, I just, I was very distracted by it. I'll just say that I was very distracted by how normal his voice sounded. But let's get back to that sweet wee gem. That little boy is uh, so cute. Well, <laughs> did he cock block his dad or did he cock block his stepdad? That's me be bonnie. <laughs> oh, and that, except he like totally, totally, he cock blocked his own dad. That's not Yes, cool. it was great. I thought I thought it was so funny, not just that he said it, but he, and I said it once, which is like, as, as a parent, I'd be like, okay, once is okay. But, you know, in the book, it was like, he said it a few times. And maybe, maybe Jem will say it a few more times. But it was so funny because when he said it, he like put his hand up like, sheet. I mean, he said, he actually said it. In the book, he says, well, sheet, I believe, and not it, not the, not the short eye sound. But anyway, but he raised his hand. It was so cute. This whole interaction is exactly why he's building a loft. <laughs> because we're yeah, right? all sharing yeah. a room. I I cannot I cannot imagine time. sharing a room with any of my children, even when they were like toddler aged like that. I just and I know lots of parents they do they bed share with their kids till they're like you know a couple years old. I cannot imagine doing that. I need my personal time. <laughs> I try to have a conversation with my cats and they just don't get it. The difference, the difference I would say is that I have over the years had my daughter in and out of my bed. Um, but I don't, I didn't have anybody else in it with me. <laughs> it was just me. Yeah. You were a so, single mom. That's the difference. Yeah. And, and to be, and to be completely honest, the last thing I want to do at three o'clock in the morning is get out of my bed and drag her back into hers. <laughs> yeah, I want to sleep. I hear too. you. So, I mean, if I had somebody that I could tag team to do it with, it would be one thing if I was taking her every other night. I was like, okay, it's your turn. I'll go put the baby back in the bed. But, you know, when it's just you, you're just like, no, I will not fall back asleep. I'm just, this is fine. <laughs> this is what we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. Then the real cock block is Jamie. Dude. <laughs> like I can't I can't fully understand why she couldn't have waited until Roger had pants on before she opened the stupid door. <laughs> because I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't have done that. Who does that to their significant other with their father, who obviously doesn't really care for them yet? And she like totally stole the covers too. She was like, no, 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 no. I'm taking them all. They're mine. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> no. And then when they panned back over to Roger, when, she, when, when uh, Jamie notices him, we almost saw penis. Yeah. Eyes. We came real close. I was like, ah, I, I need to watch it again. I need to watch it again. <laughs> 
you do because you almost saw penis. I'll, 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 I'll have to verify that. I mean, he's a hairy man, so you wouldn't have seen much, but almost. <laughs> hey, you don't know. He could manscape down there. He could, but he doesn't manscape anywhere else. Why would he manscape there? Who, who just shaves that? Hey, hey, nobody likes hair getting caught in their teeth. That's all I'm saying. So, so his girlfriend's just bypass his entire chestal region as well, and his neck, and his face. Maybe you don't know. Because it's all the it's all the same hair from the neck down. Come on, the only soft hair on a man's body is on their head. Come on, we know we know the one thing guys want you to touch. <laughs> but think of how weird that would look. How weird would that look if he is just full hair everywhere, so except for just underneath his belly button. <laughs> That's the only bald patch on his whole body. <laughs> Good Lord, ladies. And let's go on. So considering he alone requires him to keep it all. Jamie. Maybe, maybe he tapers it. Maybe he tapers it. Jamie comes in to say, we want, we're going to go hunting. We want a good shot. And he looks at Bree and she's like, Roger will join you. I want to go help with a dying. And Jamie's like, that would never happen. <laughs> that would never happen. Never, ever in a million, million years would she choose to dye wool or dye fabric uh, over going that's on That's true. Hunt, ever. I agree, with, I agree with that. That was odd. I, I feel like she may have taken one for the team to get Roger to spend time with Jamie so they can be closer and friendlier, but she would never, ever, ever choose oh, to do wool oh, yeah. dyeing like, fabric. She, she definitely, there was a lot of like silent communication going on there that 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 um that yeah she but she kept looking at Jamie and then Jamie kind of looked at her as they were talking and she's like no no really I want to go help with the wool and he kind of gives her this look and she's like I already committed to it so I'm going like, and he was no. like the, the biggest transgression okay I've been really looking forward to it I've been really looking forward to yeah. it yeah <laughs> Nobody looks forward to dyeing no. your hands blue because you know your you know your hands are gonna get in that indigo and like get dyed I mean, blue for a week. Some guys are into Smurfs. I don't know. Oh Lord. Maybe. So when they go Maybe. off to hunt, what kind of big game did Josiah see? It was it was a giant cow. And how do they find out? Roger steps in a giant, still warm cow pat. That was gross. Not even yeah, warm, that's gross. Man. It was not even just still warm. It was like still completely wet. Oh, that's like gross. It wasn't, yeah, it like was it gross. didn't even have a nice shell to break through where you like you have a little resistance. Oh, it was just like summer. I don't. Like, we don't need to discuss it. the shells of a cow pad. That's gross. Why not? Ugh. Why not? Someone it's gross. should. Oh, nasty! It, I will be the yeah, I will and take it doesn't it the team it, and talk about the shell. I have to say, stepping in enough cow shit. Cause I've done a lot of that. Um, it does not like come off of your shoe easily either, which sucks. Horses, horses poop is generally like, you know, there are these little balls and clumps because of the word that the way their digestive tract um, works, it, it makes these little balls and clumps. So even though it's a pile, it doesn't, it's not as sticky as cow patties are literally just like they showed. It is just, a puddle, a goo, and it's gross. Well, I mean, that's if you all just I'm going to look at them. You can imagine how it this and having I've been around a lot of horses who've pooped. 
Um, and I've been around, I've seen a cow poop, but like a horse poops, it just kind of goes, like it's like a, like it's falling. And then when cows do it, it's just like, so if you, yeah, seriously, like, like, that is what you're stepping in. You're stepping in. It's gross. It's gross. No. And it smells, it smells way worse than a horse. It's gross. Oh yeah. So they go after him. They everyone spreads out. Jamie shoots first, and he we well we don't at this point we don't know at least in the book. Well, I guess we find out later on. Jamie in the book, Jamie does hit it, but he doesn't kill it. Obviously, he runs off though the the buffalo, and uh, and he tells Roger to run up there and shoot again or see what you can do as he reloads and as he reloads. He's bitten by a bastard venomous snake that was aiming for his penis. This is the penis episode. What? He was on his foot somewhere. He was nowhere near his penis. What are you talking about? He was not. He was not bit in his foot. He was bit <gasps> above his. Sorry, knee. he was bit on his thigh. Yes, he was bit right in the middle of his thigh. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was aiming for his Johnson. He kills the totally fake snake. That was the worst fake snake ever. Like. <laughs> He was clearly hitting a fake snake. Like it didn't like the CGI original snake was pretty awesome. But then when he started hitting it, it was like its eyes didn't move. No part of it was just like a <laughs> static frozen fake snake. So things go downhill pretty fast. Can we talk about the dialogue during the oh. snake poison sucking scene? Let's say what happens first. Roger cuts him. Roger stays with him as he's going, you know, undergoing these, uh, the effects of the venom and he sets him down. He cuts, I think it's like a, cr- a crisscross kind of, or an X. And then he sucks out the venom, but only yeah. once. I don't think they do that anymore with snake bites. They don't cut it and suck the venom out. I wouldn't know, but I do know that you could have <laughs> lifted all of that dialogue and put it on top of oh, gay porn and it would have been <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my favorite line was he was like, oh, I've made more of a mess of you than the snake. Like, I'm dying. <laughs> well, and then he says, are you going to suck me dry or something like that? What yeah, does he something say? like that. You're going to suck me dry. Yeah, it was awful. I was, was like, just, oh, oh was so awesome. Oh, my. We could have a special, like, spinoff. No, okay, so then I am just waiting for the fan (laughs) to take that scene and not put it over the fanfic. Not no, not put it over the um the not put the lines over a porno, but put 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 some music (laughs) over that scene. (laughs) That'd be funny. That's a lot that's a lot easier because yeah. Um then flash over to the ridge. Bree and Claire are talking of their callings. Uh, Claire's always had a calling to be a healer, whether it's a doctor, witch, nurse, the lush, doesn't care, it's all her. Um, and Brianna is lamenting on her and Roger's behalf that they've been talking about callings and thinking about what they may want to do, but they don't know if they can do it there on the ridge. And Claire is like, well, you find what you want and you make it work. Blah, 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 blah. That was basically it. But it sets us up for the discussion of Bree's calling, being an engineer, and not being able to work in the 18th century or do her calling, whatever. Um, which, of course, she finds later on. She saves the day. That's that scene. No, but it's a great line, though, she had, where she was like, you know, she's like, well, you're an engineer, Brie, and whatever they call that here, you have to find a way to be that. I think it's good advice. I thought it was a great line. 
Yeah, because that's what Claire did when she came back. She's like, they called me a healer. They called me a witch. They've called me a doctor. They've called me a nursemaid. They've called her all kinds of things. But, you know, at the end of the day, call me whatever you want as long as you let me do what I need to do. Yeah, and actually, it's not, and this is not any kind of a, and she said it very gently to Brie, but this is not any kind of, you know, put down or anything to others, but she's like, I love you and I love Jamie. And if either of you were to were to die, then I would be not complete, but I would still have that. And what she didn't say, but what I am saying, and you guys can ag- agree or not disagree. <laughs> agree? You, can, you have two choices. You can agree or not disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I will not not disagree. <laughs> okay, you can agree or disagree. Um, she was basically saying that I was a healer, nurse, doctor, whatever, you know, different things came at different points in her life. But the core of what she is as that calling to be a healer, that's her soul. That's in her, the seat of her soul that is seated in her. So that was before Roger. That was before Frank. That was before Jamie. So even though absolutely she would miss them, you know, great, greatly, she would, and she would be, her life would be affected. She may not have as full a life, blah, blah, blah. But she was and always will be a healer first. Doesn't mean she'll put that before her people that she loves. But as far as being her core, that came first. And that is her most, uh, rudimentary is the wrong word, but that's her most core um, identity. I agree. So. I agree. I agree with you, Ginger. I choose to not disagree. Hey. <laughs> there you I, go. I, I will not disagree. Roger's out by his lonesome. He's out looking for the others. And I just wrote, Did, he didn't look like he was looking for people. He looked lost. All I wrote, all I wrote was Roger's out looking for the others, period. Nope. <laughs> he looks lost through most of this <laughs> whole like section where he's just him and Jamie. He just looks lost. And then he he shot his one weapon into the air, and then he shot oh, the other yeah. one to the side. Yeah, and right? I was like, "That didn't look done." I don't think you discharge your weapon just to the right. I don't think it's smart any any time mm-hmm. to like hold I mean, it to the side and discharge it. To be fair, though, straight up in the air isn't that safe either, because what goes up comes down. However, no. straight straight to the right of you just seemed like really dangerous. Like there could be anything over there. It could have been one of the people he was trying to summon. He could have shot it towards the ground. Wouldn't that be the worst? If he's oh, looking God. for the one of them. Oh my God. It would have been a, it would have been terrible. That would be awful. That would be awful. Oops, I took I took Josiah's earlobe off. Sorry. Okay, so then we're back on the ridge. The hunters have returned. Saw Jamie and Rogers. Do you feel like they use Rolo and Adzo just to, like, prove they're still there? Sometimes, yeah. Yes. Like, they don't do anything anymore. I mean, Adzo, Adzo's never done anything. But it's like, for the most part, it's like Rolo. It's like, oh, look, Rolo. Oh, he's barking. Rolo's still here. Or, oh, it's meowing. Adzo's still here. Like, it's just like, we're just going to throw them in there so that we remember. Adzo's purely fluff. The most beautiful fluff there is. But Adzo's purely... I don't mean fluff storyline. He's a fluffy cat. He's fluffy fluff. Um... But Rolo actually like had he did stuff right. He was a smart in the, in the books. He was a very smart dog. Blah blah blah. Here he's uh, I I agree with you. I'm not <laughs> disagreeing with you. <laughs> don't <laughs> oh don't you should not disagree with me. I stop it. 
I can't. I'm gonna keep doing that this entire episode. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> he he had a like a lot bigger role or a lot more whatever in the book. Here, I do think they're using him and yes, Adso. But like you said, Adso never did anything, so who cares? He's just beautiful. Um, Rolo is beautiful, but he's kind of worthless. I don't know the dog. I'm not saying Roll is worthless. I love the dog. I don't want him to be hurt. Nothing like that. But yes, I think they are just using him to let us know that he's still yeah, there. Yeah, I think so too. Well, and and at this point in the books, Ian yeah. isn't back yet anyway. So Rolo did not yes. actually play an active role he in never any did. of these Correct. things. Correct. So, anywho, they're just like, it's. I feel like Rolo's the new Murta. Oh, stop they're it! They're creating. They're creating reasons for Mur- for Murta to still be around, oh, and now they're creating it. reasons for Rolo to be there because he's not supposed to be there yet. Roger returns to Jamie after he couldn't find anybody eating the snake that bit him. Can we talk about that? Gross. The about Jamie. Oh, Jamie's yeah. is slowly dying. He sent Roger to go find help, and in and in his absence, in Roger's absence, Jamie's built a fire and he's cooking dinner. <laughs> yep. And I'm not altogether unconvinced that he didn't build that litter that he was being dragged out from the next day. Oh, my. Yeah, that was not a Roger thing. Because I don't think Roger did that. No one one thinks that, Summer. So discussing what the 20th century treatment looks like, they are. He's like, so what do people do in your time? And he's like, oh, the anti-venom. And and Roger tries to liquor Jay up to do more of the... I'm just kidding. Later... Jamie ain't looking so good. No. Roger, I mean, Jamie, Roger has not suddenly learned any Catholic rites and agreed, Roger, that Jamie isn't going to die because his obit says so. Roger knows a few prayers, but not in Latin. And then to get down to business, Jamie tells Roger of the plans to meet Bonnet. He's like, if I can't do it, you have to go kill him. Also, you must look after Claire and the Ridge. And also, also, it's a, it's a short list. By the way, it right? And by the way, by the way, <laughs> way, way, Bonnet will probably claim Jem as his own. So, so no pressure. No pressure at all. Be ready. No pressure at all. No pressure. And no Roger pressure. is like, you know, in this conversation, he at first says like, no, I can never take a life. Da, 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 da. And he's like, look, if I'm gone, you got to do this. And so they talk a little, a little bit about that. Um, Roger's also got scripture. And he cites or he declaims some scripture, recites scripture. And he's corrected by a <laughs> sick Jamie. And then Jamie says uh, there's a fine line between a monster and a hero. And that is, of course, in relation to our title, but also um, relation. I'm not sure if that's in the book. Would not surprise me if it is. But it is it's related to their discussion about killing Bonnet or no. Right. There's no question about what Bonnet is. Bonnet is a monster. But Roger's afraid to become or to be a monster by changing and taking another life, regardless of what that life has done. And so he he's still struggling. He is struggling with that. Um, uh, he doesn't want to, but tells Jamie by the end of the conversation, look, and also to keep him like stoked to live, hopefully, I don't want to, but if I'm going to, you have to teach me how to fight. Right. And which sets up some stuff that happens later. But I felt like Roger was treating him like the biggest hypochondriac <laughs> in the world. He was and a little bit. Like, 
He's careless, actively yeah. trying to die. Like Jamie is actively <laughs> trying to die. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, you're fine. Rub some dirt in it. <laughs> I have a question. Okay. So so if so if either of you were in Roger's position, could you could you take Bonnet's life? You know, if if it were you that you were in that time from our time, I mean, relatively speaking, uh, from from modern time, put in his in in this time, and all the things that Bonnet had done that you knew about, and you were given the chance, would you be able to take his life? It would be a lot easier if I could time travel back and like <laughs> kill Hitler. Yeah, like that kind of a situation where you can go back and undo all the things. Before they happen, but I but, think but that in having... in the spirit and in the in, in the feeling of getting justice and of taking somebody out of the world who is such a, I mean, come on, he's a f- monster who is only who is only out to get I, what he can. Oh, for sure. I think he's a sadist. He's a monster. He's all the bad things. Yeah, I feel like this particular person, I would potentially have no issue killing him and plus in that time nobody's period, gonna fucking nobody's care gonna nobody's gonna care right you know what i mean it's not like they have dna testing that's what i'm saying and there's not like dna testing and and big brother mm-hmm. and cameras mm-hmm. everywhere and you know everyone's got a camera phone there's yeah you could totally get away with it it's like evidence the evidence that people used in the past is different than the evidence that we use today. So today, no, do no. I think I could do it? Probably yeah. not, just because I know yeah. I'd get caught. But but back yeah, then, I think I, think I could. I totally think I could, it. and I would. So regarding when he was like, you know, look, Bonnet might try to carry off Jim as his own, and let's just be honest here, he would probably succeed because he looks just like him. Yeah. <laughs> Baby Bonnet. Back on the ridge, young Ian, the next morning, goes outside and sees it's Jamie's horse and is like, oh, no, Lassie, I mean, Rolo, we got to yeah. go find Uncle Jamie. So the How men many, go out. Like, ties did that horse <laughs> have on his face? What? Did you notice that, Lene? He had like his bridle. The horse had like a bridle and then it also had like a tie. Like there was like multiple things. On yeah. The OK. OK. So. um so when people are out, okay, there's like, if, if you've ever seen endurance riders that do a lot of trail riding or anything like that, they generally have, and it's the same way for anybody who's out riding for most of the day, or if you know you're going to, hunters do it a lot too, uh, that use, hor- utilize horses for hunting. They have a bridle, but then they also have some sort of halter that fits on their head as well as the bridle so that um, you can either slip the bridle off so the horse can graze and you can tie them up easily. Or um, or there's like nowadays, there's all kinds of bridles that you can literally, there's bitless bridles and things for endurance riders where they can literally unclip one side of it and make a like a lead rope out of I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. But from back in then, I think they would have had just like you saw, it was like a bridle with also some sort of halter attachment underneath it or in in addition to it. And that's simply so that you can slip your bridle and the bit off the horse's mouth and, and let them graze and tie them up. Yeah, so that they can eat properly without a bit in their mouth. And yet you still have some sort of control on them. You know what I mean? 
So it's, it's, it's just, it's just, and usually if you're riding with it on the horse, as well as the bridle, they literally take it and the lead rope part, they literally loop it around and kind of tie it off on the side of the saddle when it's not in use. I knew we'd find something horsey for you to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So they go off to try and find the missing men. Let me get back to Roger. He is dragging Jamie on a modified litter or meaning some kind of litter that he made supposedly. And Jamie no, is making I'm sure fun. Jamie made it the night before. <laughs> and Jamie is making fun of his craftsmanship. Roger says, hey, at least it's not Caron's boat. Now, I actually, I rewound it the first time I watched it. And I was like, okay, that has to be an allusion to something. And it was. I guessed it was the dude. Kind of. I guessed it was the dude who was the oarsman, the boatman, whatever, for the boat that crosses the river Styx to the underworld. And I was a rat. So I looked it up. Charon's boat. I assumed that. And because he's because he very quickly said, if I'm going to hell, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you're going with me. <laughs> In Greek mythology and Roman mythology, Charon or Charon, I guess, is a psychopomp. Or Karen. Karen. She wanted to talk to your manager. More <laughs> stop it. More about the psychopomp later. He was the ferryman of Hades who carries souls of the newly deceased across the rivers Styx and Asheron that divided the world of the living from the world of the dead. A coin to pay Asheron for passage, usually an, ob an obolus or a donike, was sometimes placed in or on the mouth of a dead person. Some authors say that those who could not pay the fee or those whose bodies were left unburied had to wander the shores for 100 years until they were allowed to cross the river. Okay, so what's a psychopomp, of which Charon is one? A psychopomp... They are psychopomps, are creatures, spirits, angels, or deities in many religions whose responsibility is to escort the newly deceased souls from earth to the afterlife. Their role is not to judge the deceased, but simply to guide them. Appearing frequently on funerary art, psychopomps have been depicted at different times and in different cultures as anthropomorphic entities, horses, deers, deers, horses, deer, <laughs> dogs, whippoorwill, whip for whippoorwills, ravens, crows, vultures, owls, sparrows, and cuckoos. When and soccer moms who just want to talk to the manager. <laughs> when seen as birds, they are often seen in huge masses waiting outside the home of the dying. So that's both of those links will be shared in the show notes. Though that those are both from the article from the articles uh, in Wikipedia. Now, ladies, we get to the nitty gritty. Jamie says to him on this little bit when he makes fun of the litter and Roger has to keep stopping because, dude, you know, Jamie's not a small dude and Ra and Roger's not like the Hulk. So he needs a break every mile or half mile or whatever. He needs a break every once in a while. So on one of these breaks, Jamie says the lines that we have, the book readers have been look expecting. He says, if I die, Claire must leave. Send her. Make her go. You should all go if the Baron can pass through the stones. It's not safe here without me. And then he says, tell Bree I'm glad of her. He has a very high opinion of himself. I mean, it's not unfounded. It's not safe for her without me here. Tell Bree I'm glad of her. Give my sword to the Baron. Tell Claire I meant it. Roger prays. And then I wrote, watch this, y'all. Carpenter Jesus is now praying over Jamie Jesus. So... That's from last week, Lene. Roger was Carpenter Jesus. When, mm -hmm. when Ian 
started screaming Roger the first time he said it. I swear he said red rum. Red rum! And I was like, what? And I rewound it and I was like, oh, no, he said Roger. But that would have been weird. Okay, so summer back to what you said. You think he has a, I know you were semi-joking or not. Um, he has a, a high, opinion, high opinion of himself. That is actually not too wrong. He's got a very healthy, uh, I think, self-awareness going on. It's not unfounded, but... To say that it's not safe for her without me implies that she cannot take care of herself, and she honestly really can't. But that's neither here nor there. Exactly. So where is this going? It's not neither here nor there. Do you? He knows her. He knows she's a chaos monster. You coined that, or your partner did. Everyone and their dog knows she's a she's a chaos monster. She cannot keep herself safe. She cannot. And if he's not there, she will die. Look what happened. Well, only one time, really. But the one time that he wasn't there, she was almost killed as a witch. Okay. So actually more more times, right? One time she almost killed as a witch. Another time she almost died or was lost a nipple to what's his name. So, you know, she's, she's in, she's gets herself into trouble, usually with the best of intentions, but he knows what he's talking about. And Claire would probably not disagree. Again, she would she would either agree or not disagree. <laughs> you should not disagree with me. <laughs> I can't. It's the best. Okay. So the words that he says, tell Claire I meant it. Y'all, we all know what that means, right? What did he mean? Because he thinks he might die right now. If I didn't have a time to tell you, it was because I didn't. If I didn't tell yes. you I love you, if that was my last words, I didn't yes. have time. Oh. Stop it. I'm going to cry. Yes. That was the worst paraphrasing ever. I apologize, book readers. <laughs> Summer, you did fine. You did fine. And you brought a temperature in my nose. So there you go. Okay. Okay. So they made us watch Roger drag him through the woods. They made us watch Roger beat the hell out of a tree with a stick. They made us watch all the men come over the ridge screaming Roger, and then he's magically home with Claire, who's never seen a real snake bite before. That was quick, but before we get there, I wrote, okay, what the heck? When all the riders are out looking for Jamie, we hear the first few notes on the correct instrument, which is two things together, which equals a theme. I'm not saying this was, but it was this. It was the correct instrument and the correct notes, which is not like me hearing a uh, clarinet on Ginger, some rando I'm line, sure which it has was the ballad of Roger Mack. You stop <laughs> it! The ballad of Roger Mack sounds like bonk a bonk. We're not going to go there right now. Remember, I tried to sing it. It doesn't work. Maybe we'll hear it one day and it'll make sense. But right now, it does not. No, it sounded like dun da da dun, which is the first three, four, I guess, notes of Bonnet's theme, which is wackadoodle, but whatever. So. Yes, so Roger like hits a stick to a to a tree. They end up finding them, and you're right. It was like magical, Mister Mistopheles. They bring him straight away to Claire, and we don't even see like she's he's magically there. Um, Claire, who doesn't help much when she says when he's he's like, so what can you do for it? And she's like, well, I've seen an autopsy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I've never actually seen one she's of these very before. Helpful. Wow. I'm a surgeon. They don't generally bring snake bites to surgeons. But that's not it. She's like, well, I saw the guy who died. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not helpful, Claire. Not helpful, no. Claire. 
Um, and she's like, okay, here's the treatment plan. We're going to give him penicillin broth orally. I'll put an on, an onion poultice on the leg, on the wound. And Did you just huh, say he was going to give him a leave? Onion. No. Did you just say they were going to give him a penicillin poultice, a penicillin broth and a leave? <laughs> no, orally. <laughs> orally. <laughs> How else are they going to give him broth? <laughs> we're gonna give him penicillin broth you know. <laughs> we're going no, to put it directly oh, into his said... belly button <laughs> you you heard anally i thought you just asked no. me if i said a leave no, i thought i did i thought you said a leave i didn't know you said which is still leave. funny oh my god we're gonna get him penicillin oh, broth and a leave. summer <laughs> that's funnier um and an onion poultice now if those don't work we'll chop it off also we have maggots go look for them please no we don't need we don't have maggots we need maggots please go search so all of the ridge goes out hunting for maggots for like four but days who does she send who does she tell to go to go hunt down maggots the most heavily pregnant woman in the history of outlander oh my god! i gosh. know that when i was that pregnant i didn't want to <laughs> go looking like looking for maggots that was the opposite of what i wanted to do with my time. no going hiking through the forest going hiking through the forest when i was that pregnant oh hells no 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 if maybe if like i don't know i guess you know somebody you love is dying and you're desperate sure but like dear god come on send find somebody from a neighboring village or something to go for her she was part of it she was part of it and she was the one who got the directive but she got a team together pretty quickly so she did not do all of it Roger and Bree were part of that team. They're out hunting maggots. And while they're having their own little nook and cranny of this little like edge of the forest or glen, who knows, um, he tells her about the plan, Jamie's plan to kill Bonnet. Totally rats Jamie out. It, completely. He this this is Bonnet music and it completes itself. Dun da da dun dun dun. But it's correct because hello, Bonnet is like part of the conversation, whatever. Um, and now He's telling her, so he, she already knows, she's the one who actually told him, she knows his life, obviously. Okay, this is awful. I'm interrupting you for two seconds because of what my brain just did. When you said, hello, Bonnet, in my brain, I started to hear, hello, mother. <laughs> so I created the lyrics in my head for, hello, Bonnet, hello, Roger, one of you is not my father. <laughs> Oh, dear God. So the prop that's funny. So the problem is, I mean, Bon is the problem. Let's just be honest. But the pro- the real thing that he's trying to deliver is that there's this plan to try and kill him. And what the bigger worry is, is that Bonnet might come out and claim, try and claim Jem as his own. And he's got rights according to these times. Does he? Wait, 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 wait. Does he, though? Does he have rights according to these times? Here's what struck me. When he started spouting the same things that some congressmen have said in recent years about rape not ever causing babies because no God would allow a woman to get pregnant from rape. Yeah. Oh, dear God. There have been congressmen, sitting congressmen, who have said that same thing over the last, like, probably five to ten years. So it came from someplace. If she must have wanted it if 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 she got pregnant is what the implication is and it makes me want to kill someone it makes me want to just strangle someone 
Exactly. Yeah. 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 But no, but, but in that time, in that time period, I mean, she had the baby. I mean, she got married to Roger. Wait, but she had the baby before they got married, right? Well, she got she got handfast to Roger with no witnesses. But if they were handfasted so among even witnesses, though she was technically because back then all that mattered. I mean, that's why marriage mattered back then was because of property and children um, to claim. You know, it was it was if you were married, doesn't matter what ba- whose baby it is. It's your baby if you're married. Back then. Exactly. Back then. Think of think of Willie. Yeah, back think then Willie. it doesn't matter. It really didn't matter. I mean, in a court oh, Ginger, I always think of Willie. In, yeah, right. In a court of in a court or in any situation back then, I my assumption was always that if you were married or hand fasted or whatever and you had a child within that Well, but they can't prove the hand fast. That's the problem. Then then it's he said, she said, because they can't prove it. So because they physically got married after the baby was born, that's the only proof they have of his, of their connection at all. So they're saying he could challenge it because they didn't technically get married with yes. witnesses until after the baby was born. And and let's be honest, although it wasn't her plan, not the way it happened, Bree set herself up for this shiz. She went to him in jail, told him, this is yeah. your child. This is... I, I'm not saying she shouldn't have done it. I'm not saying she shouldn't have had a heart for someone who's supposedly about to die. But she has uh, the rape, 100%, not her fault. But part of this little shenanigan right now, kind of her well, fault. Well, she, I mean, she she I, it. I wouldn't say it's her fault. I'd say she played a part in it because she got not the, no, not the no, baby, no, 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 no. not the rape. The fact that she told yeah, him but to she also face. thought he was about to die. And, and I think. I think she was trying to be a good person by giving him comfort in a time where he thought his life was about to end. Had she known he was going to survive, she would never have ever told him that. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. Her intent was amazing. I don't amazing. think she's any way at fault. I think, I think, yes, she planted that seed in his brain, but I don't think, I don't think, Anything that happens because of Bonnet is in any way like her responsibility. I don't. She got Lord John. She can't, you can't force him, but she egged and egged and egged and egged him on until he agreed to take her to the jail. She could not do it on her own. She was so heavily pregnant and she was obviously a woman in that time. She got people to do it for her or to take her there. So it absolutely, this has nothing to do with the pregnancy and nothing to do with the rape. That is off topic. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if she had not gone to the jail, regardless of whether he lived or died, he never would have had an idea, never would have known she was pregnant and never would have had an idea that it might have been his kid. In my mindset, in my mind, I'm thinking of her trying to deal with her PTSD from the rape and everything else. And she was trying to make peace with it by by trying to give him comfort and trying to forgive him in that way and, and give him what she could to try to to try to resolve these feelings in herself and that that I don't think I I don't think yes yes what she did and said does cause ripple effects but I bonnet's a piece of no matter what and 
And she could not, she could not have foreseen that he was going to escape and that he was going to cause and wreak havoc in her life in the future. So I don't see that she's in any way to blame. That's all. And then Josiah finds the maggots. I didn't know it was Josiah for sure until he spoke. Oh, <laughs> I just assumed because Josiah was the only Kezi. one who went who went hunting. <laughs> not that not that that means the other one couldn't find maggots, but you don't know that he didn't go hiking. Josiah could have been there. He has eyes. He can look for maggots just like anybody else. Everyone went hiking looking for maggots. Oh, everyone! I understand, except for Jamie, Claire, Roger, and Bree. I just meant he. We saw him on a horse earlier, actually hunting. And that's why he was foremost in my mind. I didn't think about Kaziah at all. Um, Sorry, Kaziah. And we get a scene, a scene, well, a picture of a scene, whatever, in the front yard. Into the front yard comes a buffalo. Now, am I the only one? That was at least certain parts of it was totally green screen. Oh, yeah. Of course it was. What a silly, silly statement. Is that silly? Did you not remember the snake? Yeah. Well, (laughs) Claire... It was like 20 minutes before. (laughs) So Claire, I mean, I'm cutting right to the chase, but we don't get our amazingly powerful BA woman scene here. Claire Claire shoots it. We don't don't get our superhero scene. And that poor little baby boy who plays Jem is always crying. They got little boys going to need therapy. We don't get, well, he's one of two. Yeah, that's true. So he's he might be the one brother who needs therapy as opposed to the other one. But you know, in in general, from what I understand, uh, with television shows, there's always one. Whenever they have to have babies, there's a usually they're usually twins, and there's usually one yeah. who's who's the crying baby and one who's the That's happy true. baby. That's what I've heard. So anyway. But I really I missed I missed the the visual of Claire slitting that buffalo. St- I mean, granted, I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see it. But it was such a badass scene for the ladies of the ridge to get out there and do that. And then I missed the scene afterwards when the men were trying to go out and butcher and divvy up, and the ladies were like, "Uh, f- this is my kill. Yeah, you will all walk away." These are, this is, you know, we will divvy it up because we killed it. You can all just, you know, go do something else because you were not helpful today when this buffalo tried to attack the baby. And Lizzie, you as well, not helpful. Go away. I don't know if it was clear in the show. Well, okay. First of all, I can't guarantee that it happened in the show. But if it did happen in the show, um, I don't know that it was clear to the viewer that it was the same buffalo that Jamie hit. Did they say that it was hit? Uh, they don't say it. They don't bring that up at all. I don't think all. they even brought that up. Okay, so it, may, it, may, it didn't even it didn't come up again. In the show. It okay. didn't. They didn't. They didn't. But he did say. Jamie did say that he hit it. That he did hit one of them. Yeah. So it, it was not made clear that it was potentially the <sighs> one that me. was taken down in his dooryard. But he did say that he was definitively sure oh. that he hit one of the all buffalo. I can, all I can say is that if. If a buffalo was charging me and a buffalo weighs like 2,000 pounds, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'd be running. Yeah. If, I, if she got hit by a car, if she got hit by a car yeah, like that, yeah. she it's would not, not have the gotten same. right it's, back it's, up. No. Period. Yeah. And that hey, buffalo was Have you guys ever seen the, the, um, the episode of, um, I don't know, what is it, the, the Mythbusters 
the bull in the china shop one they do i don't know if it's mythbusters or the little offshoot one that they did with the other people from mythbusters but they had the bull in the china shop you know that's a saying you know you're like a bull in a china shop going crazy and breaking everything well they actually put ran bulls through these shelves with china all over them and the bulls avoided all the shelves and tried to not and like hardly didn't knock. <laughs> it was so. It was so funny. Stop it! Like, that is the amazing. best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you ever bastards. have the chance to look that look up that, that myth, the bull in the china shop, MythBusters. Oh it's the funniest thing because you think, of course, a bull is going to go through smashing and blah blah blah. No, the bulls like purposefully avoid all the shelves and and jump through them and and carefully get out. And try not to knock anything over. Oh my gosh, I have to. I have to find that. Let me write that yeah. down because that's hysterical. It's not. Hold I don't know if it's the MythBusters. It might be the um. Oh, the the people. They're the they're the people from MythBusters. Like their helpers, their uh, uh, Grant and the girl. I for- I forget what their other show was called. It was like an offshoot of them. But anyway, it's a fun one. You should look it up. We all need a break now and then, but why not keep your brain active while you relax? When you need some me time, Best Fiends is a fun escape from the everyday. There are thousands of fun challenges and cute characters to collect along the way. You know, now that we've been staying home a lot more, there there have been more opportunities to get in a five-minute game here and there, or a 20 or a 30-minute game. <laughs> I have found that since I've been playing for a while now, my strategy for solving puzzles has changed. So I remember when I started, when I was first learning I would, you know, see all the the same color and I would try and get through the multicolored leaves or flowers or whatever they were. And it took me a number of times of, you know, failing a level, failing a level to realize, oh, this is what I do if I'm just slowing down and watch what things do. And they kind of project it, right? They kind of telegraph, if you do this, you'll see this. So I, I, I've kind of learned. So the further I've gotten, I now try and not go as fast. I try and slow down a little bit um, to see if I can pick up on those hints earlier. Now, I'm sheltering in place in an area where there's not consistently good internet. This is not new for any of our listeners, but I love this game. It does not require the internet to play, so you don't need to worry about Wi-Fi access or using cellular data. And I am currently on level 563. Now, that may sound like I've been slowing down with my gameplay, but the levels are just getting more challenging and I can't resist a side mission. Uh, So Best Fiends updates their game monthly with new levels and events, so it never gets old. They treat the game like a service for their players. Best Fiends has thousands of levels already, with new levels, events, and characters added every month. It's hours of fun right at your fingertips, and you can even play offline. With over 100 million downloads and tons of five-star reviews, Best Fiends is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. So Jamie has crawled out onto the porch and he's got the saw blade in hand. That's funny, Jamie. I mean, at least he brought the actual death implement to the scene of the crime, even if it didn't actually get used. Yeah. And um, now they get him back. But it also allowed him to be like... You're not allowed to use this on me. Now it's they get him back into the bed. Now it's time to apply the maggots. Claire takes, I think it's Bree aside, Bree or Marsley, someone aside, and says his body is winning or beating. 
the venom. He's fighting the venom, but the infection is like he's not fi- he's not winning that. Well, Bree, Bree yeah, said, yeah, yeah. "Be honest." Yeah, I that think was literally was all she said. Mm-hmm. Be honest, and then Claire said, "His body's defeating the venom, but the infection is bad, man." The infection is in his blood. It's like coursing through his that, body. And maggots can't get into his blood. That's the thing with maggots with do. any sort of venomous bite. If you don't have an anti-venom, it's not about it's not about the anti-venom at a certain point. It's about the supportive care you can give. And if you can't give certain supportive care, if you can't give exactly. antibiotics for infection, secondary infections, and things like that. Um, they, their chances of survival are pretty slim. And they did not have ventilators either. That is true. So they need to get penicillin into his bloodstream. Back at his bedside, uh, Roger's with him, and Jamie says, Roger. No, he doesn't. I want to sleep in my own bed. Okay, fair enough. Now, remember, not remember, if you haven't read the book, so there's nothing to remember. Book readers, dear readers... You'll remember that Jamie, or there, Jamie and Carr's bedroom is on the second story. In this huge, ginormous right? house. I put that down. I was like, they are so lucky. <laughs> They're so lucky that they are on the first floor. Not only that, but I'm pretty sure he tells Claire that. And then everyone mm-hmm. helps get him upstairs in the book. Yeah. It was oh, a yeah. group effort. It wasn't just Correct. Roger. No, you're right. You're right. It was a group and effort. Yes. And then I don't know if it's a line or not because I didn't put quotation marks around it, but I wrote carrying you is becoming an everyday occurrence. I think that Roger said that. So the funny, the thing that I, I can't say it because it would be, I mean, not really, a, oh, I guess it's a spoiler. So does it matter if the room is up to upstairs or downstairs? As far as people carrying him? Yeah, it's less work for them. But I don't even care about that. By not having the bedroom upstairs, it doesn't mean something like fundamentally changes like storyline or anything, not at all, but it changes a certain dynamic. I'll say a defensive dynamic. And that's all I'm going to say um, of a scene of a certain scene in a later book. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. Um, well, so here's what I'm going to say, Ginger, is that this whole second floor of this house is not finished yet. So their <laughs> final bedroom that's, that's might be true. upstairs. Oh, but they haven't completed the house yet. So they are currently sleeping on the first floor because that's what's finished. So, okay. So readers will have to keep an eye out for that. So, yeah. So I wrote down what Summer quoted. Fairing you is about is becoming an everyday occurrence. That's funny. Uh, Claire and Bree lament the possible loss of Jamie's leg. And Ian helps Roger with bringing him to the bed. Um, and Ian also, a little bit later on, gives him a lecture regarding the loss of a body part, and he purposefully and rightly shames his uncle. Jamie was not reading the room, man. He wasn't reading the room because Ian, Ian's own father, has is down one limb, and then Fergus, while he wasn't in the room, is down a limb. I mean, it's like he has people currently in his life that are down a limb and have full, you know, full and fulfilling lives. And to say, uh, that's cool for them, but I would never stand it. That's not a life I want to live. Yeah, it's totally, to it's totally insulting. And, and it's degrading to all of those people. Yeah, he, he was just, it's just a very selfish mentality. That's all. 
But I, I forgive him because he's in it, right? He's just in it right now. And yes. he can't see further than his own leg. So Ian chats with Fergus. Fergus has come in to do something. I don't know. Um, and then Ian goes out to chat with him. And they have a little, I wrote, they have an amputation chat. And Fergus comes up with, uh, he reminds have, us of the line. We have of, the most lines that Fergus has I said. Know, all season. In two seasons. Oh, my gosh. We need more Fergus. Two seasons. He hasn't had this many lines. Ugh. Fergus has not had this many lines since he was a small child. We need a love scene between Fergus and, and, and Marsley. No, we don't. <laughs> it's just going to make another baby. I don't care about that. I want to I want to see those two going at it. Not naked, but necessarily. But just I want to see. Uh, <laughs> there's something wrong with you. It there's is something wrong with you right now. What? I want to see. I feel like you probably enjoyed the end of this episode, too, didn't you? Because I was really creeped out by the blowjob. <laughs> sorry, the hand job that brought him back to life. We'll get there. We'll get there. And I'll tell you about my feelings. Because I promise you, I, I know they don't teach that in medical school. Definitely not. So Fergus mentions the whole man, man of leisure now. So that was that was kind of that, that was a nice, I guess, callback to to their thing. But he was trying to Fergus is like cool as a cucumber right now in their bedroom that night. Claire is doctoring from afar. She's sitting on the window seat or a bank, a bench or something. And he's in and out, in and out, in and out. And he calls like a chair next to the bed. Yeah. And he calls for her. And she lovely, lovingly comes over to him, looking beautiful in her shift that elegantly has fallen from one shoulder. And he's looking rough. And he says, Sasnak, Sasnak, touch me. Now, she waits a bit too long and then drops trow. I mean, lifts shift. And um, my question is, are we supposed to believe she couldn't hear a heartbeat or feel a heartbeat that she thought she could bring him back? I don't know what the. I mean, that I don't was about. think that that's what they expect you to do in a hospital. I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's the last well, summer, effort to bring a patient back. Well, that's bringing him back. My, <laughs> just my question stands. Did that's she? That's not what I think. If somebody, Ginger, if someone is dying in front of me, I don't take my clothes off and give them a hand job. <laughs> that's not what question. I do. That's not my question. Do you think she couldn't hear I a heartbeat? I always lean towards CPR. No, Kiva. Always yeah. go to CPR, man. <laughs> Summer, that think, wasn't my question. Think, my question think, is, did she believe she couldn't hear a heartbeat? I think I think she could tell his heartbeat maybe was weak. And okay. I don't think that makes more I don't sense. think his heartbeat had stopped. I think she she felt for the pulse. I remember that. But but it I sound like you said felt, felt like, for the Pope. I mean but was she was she thinking I need to keep his blood moving all the way through his body? So if I get it to pulse all the way to his penis, <laughs> then it'll rotate and all the way go back I, to his I, brain. Like okay. I'm trying to understand. Okay, okay. Can I can I say my theory? Uh, my theory is that um, their connection has always been a mm. very physical one, right? So yes, so her connection, and I mean, uh, where else in the? Uh, I, I'm totally blanking, but I know they've had other moments where I mean when she was sick on on the ship and she had the fever and everything they had sex during that time I mean it's they've always had a very physical connection and when one or the other has always has been fading or been ill or on the verge of death they there's always that physical touch or physical connection that 
tends to connect them and keep them there. Master Raymond brought her back to life with his fingers. There you go. Oh, well, well she was I don't, dead, I don't know about that with his mat. He, he had magic fingers. Um, he fingered her back to life. That was a great, <laughs> he fingered her back to life. She learned from the best. What can I say? I think, I think, like I said, their, their physical connection was what was, I think he wasn't, I, he wasn't dead. Clearly. I think she could tell his pulse was getting weak and she was doing desperate to, to revive him in some way. Well, she got his attention. There you go. Hey, you know, like I said, it's the one thing that men want you to touch, you know? (laughs) Well, and then he, he pulled a Myrta and a him. They both said this already. He's like, you gave me a word and I'm giving it back. Mm-hmm. When the time comes, take my leg. So between him and Murta, they've been throwing that back. Mm-hmm. I release you from your vow. Uh, you can't release me from something you never gave. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just, yeah. it's just one more time that they're doing this where he's like, you know, I made you promise, but I'm not, I don't need you to promise anymore. And then, and then I was wrong earlier. Marsley did not go into labor looking for maggots. She went into labor going on a hike with her kids and her husband. <laughs> and her children were present when she pushed the newest one out. Can you... I just think there are so many other things going on that that would be the worst distraction. I'd have been like, watch the babies, but also pull <laughs> this one out of me and yeah. pay attention but also do this. It's just a lot to handle. And you know, she was having to manage the whole thing. Oh yeah. Cause men are useless. <laughs> Roger shows Bree the snake's head before he's about to toss it in the fire. She has a really quick insight and says, no, don't throw it. And she wants to develop a syringe using the fang. Hang on. Everyone in this episode was prescient. Did you notice that Lizzie with the whole, we picked a good, what a day to die. And then uh-huh. the whole thing with her and Claire saying, Claire saying, well, you could probably give birth to this baby on your own. You've done it before. Like there were so many like lines that were like, wah, wah. <laughs> like the, the Lizzie one. I was like, that's going to come uh-huh. back to haunt her because people are going to come back half dead. <laughs> She's going to feel bad. They're in the, they're in the cabin. As I already said, he's, he's like, this is the one that almost killed your dad. Da, 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 da. Or he did bite your dad. And he's about to throw it in the fire. And she's like, wait a second. Let me look at that. And she has the insight at that moment to start to develop a, whoops, to develop a, um, a syringe using one of the fangs. And then, yes, the baby is burn. And then we go to the surgery. Jamie is being prepared for the leg removal. I personally was glad that we didn't have to watch Marsley give birth. Because <laughs> the show this season was, it was feeling a lot like it was becoming <laughs> called <laughs> Midwife. That's funny. And it felt like a lot of her like surgeries were just people giving birth. And I'm That's like, funny. I've seen that show. I don't need to see that show again. I want her to do more than just birth babies. They've given him some laudanum. And he tells them, when, when you're done, take the leg and bury it. And don't tell me where it is. It's like, really? There's You're like so hung up. What do you think you're going to do? Come back home to you? I mean, it's not going <laughs> to walk anywhere. <laughs> If I try to find it, I might try to reattach That's it. Right? Don't let me know where Good it is. Lord. And just in time before they chop it off, huh, then here comes the syringe. Here I come to save the day, says Brianna with a fank, a fank, a snake fang, syringe, a fank. Uh, yeah. 
it's funny. I thought, oh my God, they got it. So that's cool. They got it. Yay. And then when they showed it, like that thing's effing big. I'm like, dang, that was, oh, that was like, I could barely even watch it. Yuck. Um, but anyway, they put it in there really deep and nasty, but uh, I don't care. Is uh, This does not break, make or break anything for me. I'm glad they kept it in there, but I was surprised that she only did it once in the book. It was over and over and over and over and over again. It was all inside the wound and all outside the wound and up and down his leg. I just was going to say, I, I remember her. She took that snake syringe and she, she injected him with a ton of penicillin, like all deep in the wound, all over his body. I mean, just could not, she like, couldn't seem because like, you, you don't know how, uh, I mean, back then she couldn't really, I don't think, tell how concentrated the penicillin she had was anyway. So I think she was just trying to be safer than sorry. You know what I mean? You know, speaking of penicillin, I, I, I think back, you know, a lot of people, this is related. I, I'm like a sidestep and then I'll come back and you guys will see hopefully how it's related. You know, a lot of people say, and I'm not talking about anything else in this book or forward, but just looking at up to this book, like books one through four. You know how a lot of people say about the books as well and the show, thus the show, um, there's a lot of rape, right? They, they think it's it's kind of, it's like it's becoming too rote. It's becoming too part of the fabric of Outlander or whatever, of, of, or of, of the history being told. There's a lot of people who complain about the show and the books about that. Okay. That is a, it's a valid observation, I think. One of the new ways, one of the different ways that conflict is shown and also mercy and love and care and controversy is the way Claire ends up being not really let go, but agreed to like agreed to wink, wink, nod, nod. We're going to say goodbye to you and you're going to take a leave from the hospital before she you know, eventually goes to to um, the UK. And that is when she did basically mm-hmm. almost assisted yes. suicide to the, for that critically terminally ill man. Remember that they chose not to do that in the show. It's a choice. That's whatever. It's done. We're not going back. Obviously they can't redo it. It it kind of and maybe maybe something again, we don't know. We don't know. It hasn't been brought back yet. But we don't know if there's going to be a point to it later this some point within this season because if it crossed seasons it would be kind of silly cuz that's too long of a callback. But the fact that they changed the reason she left the hospital or she, first of all, she chose, but rather than make it about the mercy killing or whatever it is. Right. Um, and they made it about, about penicillin. So they chose, I'm not saying it's bad, but they chose one of the ways that was different. That was a way to introduce controversy, death, quite frankly, and all of these things that Claire's involved with a mercy killing. They chose to get rid of that or not do that. And instead introduces to a, um, uh, penicillin uh, overdose or penicillin uh, anaphylaxis, right? Uh, um, allergy. So what, what I'm saying is this penicillin here with uh, with um, Jamie, right? It makes me think, so it's being used more and more. It's making me think now that we're a little bit further in the season, what was the point? What was the point of them not or sidestepping that other one and making it penicillin because we're, penicillin's still obviously part of the show penicillin's still still here he's been given penicillin to you know to to survive his snake bite the infection i i'm just it makes me wonder 
You know what I mean? So far, we still have three episodes left. So so you think they're going to overuse the penicillin throughout the show now? Is that what you're... No, no. Not over... No, 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 no. No, no. Not overuse penicillin. Here's the thing you need to keep in mind. These are the same writers who kept Murta alive for two extra seasons just because they liked the actor. I guess that's all. that's all we need to... That's all we need to know. So we just have to, we have to allow them to take us on the ride they're going on. I'll, I'll finish by just telling Lene, Lene what I was thinking or were wondering. I wasn't thinking, and I don't believe they're going to use penicillin anymore necessarily than, than than they do or are. The reason it made me think about it is because there should be, hopefully, but Summer's right. You never, there may not be a reason other than, Ooh, that's shiny. Right. Um, you, for all that for all that people complain about the the situation the whatever of rape being overused okay fair enough one of the times in the books where something is not overused it's this caring doctor who tries to you know lessen someone's pain right allow them to you know to um to to um to pass on they change that to be a different kind of death, and that was um, uh, penicillin allergy. That's fine. I mean, it, it shows us, you know, it, it, that she's remembering that she's human and that she's, you know, she's fallible. She's she's a doctor, but she's human, and she is, you know, very greatly affected by that. So when they set that up, it made me think, at least, oh my gosh, like, oh, I wonder, <laughs> other than being shiny, I wonder, you know. If this is to make a point, meaning it's going to come back to us later this season, someone else is going to die of, 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 a, of an allergy or, or an anaphylaxis. But anyway, that didn't happen. And, and It happened in the book. My thought is that the fact that they did it in the future made it that they didn't have to do it in the past because she already knew quite vividly and the, the, mm-hmm. the dangers yeah. of giving medication to people that they don't know whether or not they're allergic to it or not. So the fact that they did it early means they might not do it later, which is the same thing with the, the autopsies Mm -hmm. that we're not getting the slave autopsy. We're not getting the slave death. They could have moved it, moved it up because they weren't going to do it later. So people really, really have that much of an issue with how much rape is in the books and in the shows. People really, Cause, cause all I can say to that is get the f- over it. Cause let me tell you, rape happens and it happens really way more often than people realize. And it's still so taboo to talk about and it's swept under the rug still to this day so much. And it happened back then even more. So yeah, um, it was a pretty common occurrence and it's going to come up in a show like this of that time off and on. And people need to get the hell over it and realize what they're watching is a time, a period piece. And that was common back then. And it's still unfortunately common today. And sadly, that's just the world we live in and it needs to be addressed and people should talk about it more. And I I hope that it makes people talk about it and address that it's not okay and that people should be able to talk about it. 
And my my calling out that observation that people, or not the observation, well, I guess it is that too, the, the fact that people um, complain about the books as well as the show and how they, they have, they use, rape is used so often. One thing I will say for the show is they didn't make it up, right? They got it. And I, I don't mean like fact fiction kind of thing. Like they took, they did keep almost, they have kept thus far, most yeah. if not all of the rape from the books. So, or rapes, so like, like this is going to sound bad. The big important ones, that sounds bad. But the real plot kind of plot, yeah. thickly yeah. laden related ones or tied ones, um, they have kept. So I'm not, I'm not uh, badgering production for keeping quote, keeping the rapes. No, I, I think they've kept the most important ones, if not all of them thus far. And I'm not still not badgering. I I'm just, I'm wondering that they can, they can keep to something that they've been, you know, people have commented about, right. And say, you know, you kept it, you could have done it differently or whatever people have that people have complained about Diana about, they keep these things when they know that, that they're, you know, uh, can be, um, controversial because of the number of them. Yet the one thing that I don't think is that, I mean, it's definitely controversial, but they don't keep something like the assisted suicide that really kind of shows Claire, not in a bad light, but it gives it, it shows her in a compassionate light. But as far as the hospital goes, she was on administrative leave because of what she did. She got in trouble. We don't see Claire like that. And it's important for us to see her as a human. I think we need to give the show a chance. I think we need to give the show, show a yes. chance because the one thing about the show um, that is different, you know, they have left out things that, that you think, oh man, they left that out. And that was an integral part of the character's development or X, Y, Z or whatever. It's going to come in further down the line and it needs to be there. But then, you find later they add it into a different spot. So we need to just like let it rest and see, I think if, if, if maybe she ha something, something happens later that, that it comes back into play at a later point. Maybe they're trying to bring the penicillin allergy, allergy thing into this, um, because they want the audience to realize, because maybe not everybody even knows that people are allergic to penicillin. I don't know. I am. I know you are. But but it, it, I don't think it's as common. I don't think a lot of people realize how common it, it is and how dangerous it is. So maybe they're bringing that in, brought that in, in her from her future past, I should say. So that so that they could uh, set up set up another situation that might be happening in a future episode. And that is exactly what I am. I don't hope someone dies, but that is what I am waiting for, waiting to see if they tie it off in a boat. Because right now, to me, I'm not pissy about it. I'm just it to me, it doesn't make sense unless there's like tying it off with the ribbon some time, some time. Yeah, I I caught that too. I I felt the same way, and I I'm trying to hold my judgment to see if um, they bring it back later because they've tried to set it up and prepare the audience for what's coming. So because they have done that in past, so yeah. And this is if they do away with it and say, say they don't bring that up. Claire is already, and I'm not saying this is the first time she ever did assisted suicide or, you know, allowed someone to either pass on their own with help or help someone pass, you know, physically. Um, she mm -hmm. helped Colin pass and she helped the, the, um, the enslaved man who was, um, going to be, uh, hung, hanged. 
And so she has done it. Yeah. But those are those are straight from the book as well. So they're not afraid. I never th- thought they were afraid. They're not afraid. Dude, this production is not stars is not afraid of doing things. This production is not afraid of doing things. So I don't think it was a matter of being afraid of showing her of, of that. But yeah, I like you. I, I am curious and hopeful that they will tie it up in a bow by the end of the season. So the the syringe comes just in time. Only one little bit will do you. It apparently helped. It, it helped. It did the job. And then finally, um, we meet. We felicite. At least this baby looked like a new baby. Uh, yeah, such a cute little baby. Like the the baby they had for uh, Fanny was not a new baby. That was like that was at least a month old baby. That baby had seen some stuff. It's, it's summer. <laughs> that excuse me. Roger is sitting in a chair next to Jamie's bedside and as he's recovering and he gloats and he's like, I'm not going to give this up. This might be my only chance to gloat, dude. Uh-huh. You're damn tootin'. I'm going to do it. So bravo to you, Roger. We, we, we all would. We all should. Um, and then in a more intimate moment, before we close out the uh, episode, Jamie and Claire are together and Claire accuses him of trying to die on her. She goes, that's why you came into your room. You wanted to be in a place, you wanted to be in a place where you um, could die in in your own bed. And he says, he basically says yes. Um, And, but not dying was harder. Choosing to stay was, um, or, or, and thus not dying was harder than it would have been to just let go and just go. Um, And he says basically what he said to Roger about her. He says, you need me. That's why I stayed. I mean, he he said more than that. He was like, you know, it wasn't a door. It was a passageway. I could go through it if I wanted to. And I wanted to. But I realized I had a choice to go forward or turn back. And he didn't choose to stay because he loved her. He stayed because there's a war coming. Like, what, what woman wants to hear that? I didn't, stay. I didn't stay because I love you. I stayed because I have duty. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. She called him on it, too. She's like, you didn't say because you love me. <laughs> I'm oh, glad boy. they did this episode. Oh, me too. Th- this I would say this season since book one. Uh, book two was pretty. Book two was pretty darn full of the. Sorry. Season, season one was two is pretty one. darn full of the book, too. Yeah. But since seasons one and two, I think I think this one is a is getting back on track as far as you know they're doing the adaptation they're taking it they're leaving things out there's they're keeping things in they're putting them out of order they're adapting it this is what an adaptation should be you know you're going to have things that you that, that you love you're going to have things that you wish they would wrap up in a bow like Lenny and I said just you know you're going to have things that you go or whatever for things that you may even really dislike but this it, they're keeping so much of it it's like oh my god they keep the freaking buffalo right because why other than having food that winter which definitely that could have saved lives. They didn't need a buffalo. They didn't need at least to keep the buffalo to come <laughs> in the to come in the um the, the front yard, right? Yeah, they didn't that's need to keep true. that. They could have hunted it, not necessarily not necessarily killed it in the front yard. Well, they did need to keep the buffalo because they put it in the opening credits. <laughs> they do a lot of things for readers that is, that are not necessarily necessary, and that was really repetitive. But yeah, I so I I really I really like I think I don't think they were necessarily off kilter off off bad they've never been badly off kilter as far as you know yeah an entire yeah, season in my opinion um three was kind of wonky at parts but five thus far as especially as book readers like we've gotten so much you guys so much 
that I it's it, it's a it's it's an embarrassment of riches. I mean, I we're yeah. so lucky. I'm just glad they finally course corrected Murta back out of the season because I am going dizzy trying to figure out what else they have to create and get rid of to make room for him. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. And that's and that maybe is an unpopular opinion, but that is my opinion. And like I said, I am I was thrilled, thrilled for the course correction, and they course corrected it correctly. They did it to the, in a way that honored the books and in a way that honored the characters. One thing about characters that aren't supposed to be there that are there. Okay, I thought you were going to say hair, and then you and I were going to fight because I'm done with the wigs. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I've heard you guys talk about wigs. No, I, I'm done with them too. No. Okay. So I didn't, und- <laughs> you're going to laugh. I didn't realize this, the episode before this. In fact, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch because I didn't realize that, um, <laughs> that <laughs> Graham McTavish played his own son. Oh, no, you did not. I did not. I did not. I did not until you guys listen. I listened to you guys talking about it. I'm like, what the f***? Seriously? How did I miss that? How did I miss that? And I, I, I was watching it and I was paying attention too. And I just like, (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and watch it because you guys were talking about his dark hair and everything. And I was like, oh my God, that's when I... Well, like when I originally in my mind cast, you know, because as you're reading a book, you cast characters in your mind in a certain way with with either actors you've known or at least with pictures in your mind of what they look like. And in my mind, Dougal, you know, the way they described him, he was like this swarthy, you know, ruggedly handsome, dark haired, long, dark haired man. And when Graham McTavish showed up, I was like, what? But I quickly, but I quickly loved Graham McTavish and I think he's totally hot and he's, he was awesome for the role. But then you guys talking about how he played him, his son. And I was just like, oh God, I can't believe I freaking missed that. I cannot believe I did that. And y'all can laugh at me for it. And I totally (laughs) would understand. I'm laughing at you. Cause Cause yeah, Good I'm gonna be grief. going back and watching that episode just to see that scene because you should, you should. Because I kept thinking to myself, like as I was watching, I'm like, that guy looks. They did a good, like he looks really familiar. Like he, he could, looks familiar. You know, he looks like he could be like, like Dougal's son. Like they did a good Grand job casting. Son. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You can all laugh at. I love it. That's you can all favorite. laugh at my expense. You can laugh at my no, expense. No, no, no. It's okay. No, we're laughing with you because you're laughing with us. <laughs> okay. All right. On that note. <laughs> On that note, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lene, so much for joining us this week. It was, as always, a treat and a blast. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's nice to finally hear your voice, Summer. I haven't I heard your voice for weeks and weeks because you don't have it's, like cell reception up at that it's place you're at. I'll give you my house phone. You can call me on the house. Yeah, um, you better. But I will. But join us next week when we will be discussing episode 510. And who knows? It might just be me and Ginger. It could have some randos in there that you've never talked to before or some old <laughs> favorites. Who can say? 
But if you want to join us to continue the conversation, you can go to www.outlanderpod.com slash groups. And again, a very special thanks to our co-producer, Samantha. To find out more about how you can support us on Patreon, visit outlanderpod.com slash Patreon. And to all our dear listeners, thank you so much for listening. We thank look you to our to generous our partner, episode. Zencaster, who offers high fidelity podcasting. Check out Zencaster and use coupon code Outlander20, Outlander20, for 20% off three months or 20% off for a year. Connect with us. Visit our website at outlanderpod.com. Find us on Facebook facebook.com slash outlanderpod we'd love for you to join our facebook community at outlanderpod.com slash group follow us on twitter and instagram at outlanderpod